Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week, we discuss issues including gender and income inequality. This week, we're looking at the National Urban League's 2022 State of Black America report. President and CEO Mark Morial says the Civil Rights Organization's annual publication details what it calls a coordinated attack on the voting rights of black and brown communities, calling it a plot to destroy democracy. He tells us this tactic is far from new. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Deja vu all over again. Uh, there is no doubt that there's similarities. The assault on democracy and voting is a reminder of the 1950s and 60s. It's also a reminder of the 1800s, uh, the period uh, post uh, the passage of the 15th, 14th, and 13th Amendments, uh, which is why we must resist because it's morally reprehensible that uh, in 20 first century America, there would be an effort to make it more difficult to undermine democracy, one of the pillars and foundations of this country. And we outline in this report how pernicious this campaign is. In in my view, it began after the election of Barack Obama. It was elevated uh, through a series of actions, including efforts to get the Supreme Court to cut back Uh, on voting rights, which they've done on a number of occasions. The actions of state lawmakers, the actions of those at the the Capitol on January 6th, uh, the actions of uh, some members of Congress uh, who sought to block uh, legislative acts which would fix, repair, and contain this assault on voting. So this is an orchestrated effort. So I'm from Chicago, where Harold Washington was the first black mayor, and they're getting ready to celebrate his 100th birthday. But I remember the same level of voter intimidation. They were trying to keep black people from coming home from college. They were pulling over black people left, right, and sideways to keep them from voting. And I feel like this report shows a very similar situation is happening here. So if you've got the gerrymandering, you've got the suppression, how can people reclaim, as you put it in the report, their votes? Well, there are a number of things we have to do. Uh, First of all, we have to be determined to not be intimidated, thwarted, frustrated by all of this work. Secondly, we've got to resist. Uh, We need to empower legislators who will not support voter suppression. We need members of Congress who will not elevate the filibuster in importance over voting rights. Uh, We need the continued support of the Department of Justice and private lawyers to bring lawsuits, many of which have been successful. I mean, some of this has been curbed, but we can't litigate our way out of this situation. 
It's going to take the courage of elected officials, but it takes a popular movement. We have to demand. We have to express our, our outrage at this. What makes it so timely is what's going on in Ukraine, where we are, in effect, supporting the effort of the Ukrainian people to protect, protect their democratic regime. We need to be as unified around protecting the right to vote here in the United States in pushing back against racially motivated voter suppression, intimidation, and gerrymandering here in the United States as we are in Ukraine. For our listeners that don't know what you're talking about, give me a couple of examples of the intimidation and suppression that you're seeing in states like Texas. So the suppression takes place by the actions of state legislatures who, for example, close polling places uh, and therefore make it more difficult for people to find a place to vote. The actions of state legislatures, which are eliminating vote-by-mail options, curtailing early voting options, making it far more difficult to utilize absentee balloting, imposing restrictives, restrictive voter ID laws. That is, if you will, part of the menu. This is happening at state legislatures. It's happening with the support of some governors. It's being pushed by many on the political far right who are only interested in preserving their power at the expense of curtailing the power of others, especially black voters. So we see that, and now it includes seeking to intimidate elections officials, threatening them, threatening their families, trying to remove them from office to, in effect, partisanize and politicize the process of administering elections and counting votes. I'm wondering what you think about how President Biden has handled the debate over voting rights. There are many activists who say he hasn't done enough to fix this problem. Our problem is with the Congress. Our problem is with the United States Senate. Uh, We passed the bills we wanted through the House of Representatives twice. Uh, we were thwarted by two members of the Democratic Caucus, Joe Manchin and Christian Sinema, who did not elevate uh, elimination of the filibuster or reforming the filibuster over the passage of voting rights. I think some people would have liked to have seen the president more aggressive, uh, more vocal, and no doubt uh, that would have created a greater degree of confidence in, uh, in his leadership. But would it have moved Joe Manchin? And cinema. That's where our problem lies. Let's put it directly on the line. It lies with Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, two Democrats who say, I support voting rights, but I don't support setting aside the filibuster to pass it because the GOP caucus in the Senate is unified against the passage of voting rights uh, legislation, be it the John Lewis bill or the Freedom to Vote Act, which would shut much of this suppression down or give us a tool to shut much of this suppression down. You guys are calling this the plot to destroy democracy. For our listeners that don't see why you would think that, please explain. A plot means that there has been careful planning and actions, and much of this has gone on beyond the public view. 
we only see the tip of the iceberg. Uh, the true acti- activities have gone on as a quiet, secret campaign for many, many years. What did it involve? Let's go after the Voting Rights Act in the Supreme Court. There have been three cases where the Voting Rights Act, uh, which was passed after the confrontation on the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma in 1965, have been significantly curtailed by the Supreme Court. Uh, it has involved an effort to introduce a myriad, 400 bills, legislation in states across the nation to make it more difficult for people to vote. It include, uh, included the mobilization that led to the January 6th confrontation and the attempted coup and insurrection at the Capitol. If that's not a plot, I don't know the meaning of the word. One last question. Since you mentioned the Supreme Court, I've got to ask you, what are you thinking? Justice Katanji Brown I'm excited. Jackson. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm euphoric about this important accomplishment. Uh, and look, Joe Biden stuck to his promise to nominate an African-American woman to the court. Uh, and Kataji Brown-Jackson, you could not have had a better, more prepared, more qualified, more brilliant lawyer and judge who performed with great grace and intelligence and patience before the Senate Judiciary Committee in the face of clownish, buffoonish attacks coming from certain members. Look, a tough hearing where tough questions are asked are one thing. Interruptions and QAnon theories should not be part of the confirmation of a United States Supreme Court justice. Bottom line, she made it. uh, And certainly she was able to secure three Republican votes along with a United Democratic Caucus. She deserved confirmation by a 100 to zero vote. Let me say that. That's Mark Morial's opinion for the record. But the bottom line, she will be the next justice on the Supreme Court. She will be the first black woman. She will perform admiration and excellence. That's National Urban League President and CEO Mark Morial. Officials in some Republican states, including Texas, have said more restrictive voting laws are needed to address potential fraud. Thanks so much for joining us. Like what you hear? Come back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts and leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.